Today's sponsor is EveryPlate. Initially, I thought meal kits had to be expensive, that they were kind of a splurge. But as it turns out, EveryPlate is more affordable than groceries. Their quality ingredients come pre-portioned to help you save money and reduce food waste, you know, like the bag of spinach that I throw out every single week. You can skip the store and let every plate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a consistently low price. For me, in the summer, I'd rather be out enjoying the sunshine than cooking. Every plate helps me do just that. Simple, stress-free recipes come together in just six steps and are ready in about 30 minutes or less. You can choose between 17 recipes that change every week and swap proteins and sides to your liking, so you can switch up dinner routines however you want. Every plate helps me experience more of my favorite things in life by saving me time and money, which means more money towards vacations, concerts, the list goes on. You can choose from classic plate, veggie plate, family plate, and easy plate preferences to serve up crowd-pleasing meals night after night. Try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code SELFIE179. Again, that's $1.79 per meal at everyplate.com with the code SELFIE179. Today's episode is sponsored by Somavetic. Somavetic is a device that combines an Eastern approach to health and wellness with modern day technology. If you have a lot of devices in your home, as most of us do, then there are hundreds of signals floating through the air at any given moment. This is called EMF, and some people are really sensitive to it and believe that it can cause some not great things in the body as a result of all of these free radicals bouncing around. If you're concerned with the unwanted influences of electromagnetic radiation or geopathic zones, you'll appreciate Somavetic. Somavetic devices rely on frequency therapies and the healing powers of precious and semi-precious stones and metals to create a natural energy field to harmonize your home. It does this through the controlled release of energy from precious and semi-precious stones. It creates a 360-degree field with a radius of 100 feet in all directions. The founder of Somavetic launched these devices in 2011 as a response to his own ongoing health struggles. After years of no success with Western medicine, he turned to traditional Chinese medicine and found a variety of healing properties with stones and minerals. After some time, he was able to heal his body and has helped others as well, and his experience inspired him to create Somavetic. If you're interested in mitigating EMFs and creating a harmonic field in your environment, these devices are a great solution, and they are beautiful. Each device is comprised of their own semi-precious stones with unique properties. Somavetic is a small company, and all products are handmade and hand-assembled in their Crystal Valley, in the Crystal Valley of the Czech Republic. If you want to try Somavetic, they have a 60-day money-back guarantee to let you try. Visit somavetic.com and use the code SELFIE for 10% off. That's S-O-M-A-V-E-D-I-C.com with the code SELFIE for 10% off. Hey, everyone. I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and a psychotherapist. And I'm Rue Powell, an admitted workaholic and self-care Luddite. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about women learning to take better care of themselves. We think self-care is important but it can simultaneously be elusive. We don't lack information about it, but we don't always quite get there. So this podcast is dedicated to exploring different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious. We're looking at health, relationships, beauty, periods, and maybe a touch of the random. We also want to look at the hurdles we face that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. To submit questions to me or Rue, or to Claire, our beauty expert, or BJ, our resident therapist, join us in our private forum by searching Selfie Podcast Community on Facebook. Well, today is a very special episode. I feel like I'm introing a um, after-school special, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, today it's just going to be me and Rue. We have no guest. We um, really we are recording this um, the morning that it airs, just because we wanted to talk about what is going on in the world right now. We felt like it was so much and kind of important to talk about. Yes, things have been. I feel like things are changing by the minute. They are. And if I step away and I come back, I go, wait, hold on. All of this happened too? I know. So I feel like this episode is timely for us to just hash some things out. Yes, it is. And so we're going to do our usual self-care check-in with one another. We are going to do our usually usual um, two thumbs up. And then Rue and I are just going to kind of process and vent and perhaps rant about um, our country's current events. And if that is not your cup of tea, um, if you feel like your self-care is to not listen to more talk about politics, you might want to end after our two thumbs up. But if you are feeling frustrated and feel like listening to two grown women gripe, then stick around. Yeah, hang out. It'll be it'll be fun. Oh, I think it will be. I think we need this. Yeah. No, honestly, it it could be cathartic because yeah. I've just been I feel like I've been doing a lot of arguing and doing yeah. a lot of TikTok watching and this is good for us to uh, I think just have a conversation about it because have like a good conversation about it as opposed to me just like tweeting you at random hours. Totally. <laughs> or me doom scrolling. That's what I've right. been doing. Just right. like, what else? What else? Well, how is your self-care going? Last week, I know it was rough. And mm-hmm. this week, how are you doing? You know, I mean, I, first of all, I want to say a thank you to so many listeners who reached out to me in solidarity and with empathy around the school situation that my kids and I are in right now. It was just, I, I just got a real outpouring of support and really appreciated it. And I was pretty vulnerable and emotional last week. Um, I'm really still in the same spot. Um, and and that spot is that our school is not offering well, they did offer an online option. It did not have most of the classes that my kids needed, so I didn't choose it. And I kind of assumed we would still be in distance learning. Our school district is very political, and they are bending to the pressures to put kids back in school. And mm. so my daughter's elementary school reopened last week, and my middle and high schoolers are set to go back in person on Monday. And I feel really, really trepidatious about it. Yeah. So... Karis went back. Um, it. I don't feel great about it. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I don't feel great. Um, I'm still waffling, still kind of, I think, just going day by day, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely I'm researching backup plans if, if I feel like I need to pull her. And then the middle and high school stuff is still really fraught. Um, our, I mentioned this before, but our teachers union still does not have an agreement on the reopening plan. Right. They issued a cease and desist on the reopening plan. A lot of parents are upset. I think what parents are talking about doing is just not sending their kids in on the days that they're supposed to go back because they only go in person two days a week. I see. So some of us are talking about keeping them out, which, you know, nobody wants to do. I don't want that. I want my kids to get all the education they can. Um, But that's where it stands. I don't really have any new answers. We're Mm -hmm. on a waiting list for a quote unquote 
virtual school that our district has created that's brand new that I don't think is going super well and that doesn't offer half of the classes that all my kids have. Um, And it's full (laughs) because people Uh, are doing a mass exodus because they're realizing, oh, our school board is maybe not taking this super seriously. So anyway, I'm still in the same place, like in terms of nothing has changed. I have no solutions. Um, But I think I'm having a little more levity about it this week. And some solidarity to it, seems. Yeah, yes. And I, you know, I know that I'm not the only parent um, or, you know, I mean, there are teachers that have written open letters and right. a big group of our teachers um, wrote a letter that they sent to all parents, you know, just stating their concerns about the plan. And, and so I know I'm not alone. It was kind of nice to see that letter and kind of go through like who signed it and see a lot of my kids' teachers because I feel like those teachers will hopefully be empathetic when next week I email them and say, my kid won't be there on the in-person days. Yeah, so yeah. can you give me the assignments? Yeah, and I think that's that's, that's such a reasonable request, yeah, too. I think so. On the, on the other side, I am, you know, homeschooling. Yeah. Which is uh, various stages of, okay. Yeah. Know? But um, – I think the one thing that's fun, and I don't have any high schoolers, and if it was, you know, if any of my kids were in high school, I think I'd be feeling probably different about this. Yes. Um, But I just, like, all I need to do is make sure they're hitting marks Mm -hmm. for this year, Mm -hmm. which I think it's just a lot more of a slower pace because people are still catching up from last year and, you know, they're getting a little bit more attention. So. I am just coming from my eldest. I am just coming up with assignments that I think are really fun for me. Yeah. Um, so she, I had her read my favorite play, which is Our Town by Thornton Wilder. Oh. And we talked about that and we're doing, she's doing a project about that. And then, uh, you know, she's obviously, she's really interested in what are the current state of the world. Um, you know, she wrote about, she and my other older daughter wrote about like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and they've been writing about, you know, voting ages. And um, and I recognize that some of this is because, is due to the influence of their mother. Totally. But um, I'm very excited about this project that I'm going to be presenting to her, which I think you might like um, because of its relation to your blog. So... She is going to read about uh, what happened with Rodney King back mm-hmm. in 90, 1992 and then read about – she already knows about George Floyd. Read about that and then read about how politics has influenced art, namely mm-hmm. Rage Against the Machines, Killing in the Name. Love. And just do like a compare and contrast. Is that song still relevant in 2020? Oh, and, my gosh. Uh, Which, I will f- spoiler alert, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just find some poetry. And it obviously has lots of F-bombs, but I think yeah. that they they make sense, like in context, you know? Yeah. So we're going to do this, ni- you know, 1992 to 2020 bit. And uh, I'm sure if my mother was listening to this episode, she would just be clutching her pearls right now. <laughs> so funny. But like that's the kind of that's the kind of freedom that I have. Granted, you know, I recognize that I do have like, you know, I've been waking up at five to put these together. Yeah. So it's you know, it's not ideal, but um that is just one way I've found to make it a little bit a little bit fun for me. And see, I mean, I will be honest, there is a part of me that thinks, man, homeschooling, like and getting to really engage my kids in like the things that I feel like are important, you know, and 
and to pick their literature and to choose what history lessons we do or to take a week to dive into a different country and and culture, you know, that excites me. But then there's the part of me that's like, I think I would, I don't know if I would be able to work if I was doing all of that. Right. And I am, I am, I recognize my own privilege in saying this. Like I have a flexible, I have a flexible work schedule. I am nanny sharing with a friend of mine who is... Oh, I did not know that. That's nice. She's the director of a library and, you know, like they're really good friends of ours. And and so my girls go to their house two days a week. Oh, that's dreamy. And they school from there. And like I send them with assignments and they can do like out school courses or they're listening to audiobooks Mm -hmm. or, you know, it's so funny. I just talked to you about Our Town and, you know, my friend, he was the director of Our Town, like um, the play here Mm -hmm. uh, in state. And so Rem's talking to him about it. And it's been nice because it feels like a very tiny village. So two days a week. My girls go there two days a week. They're here. And then one day a week, their daughter comes here. Nice. So it's, it's okay. It's a little bit piecemeal, right? Like it's not necessarily ideal for all of us, but it's a way that we've made it work. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I just did was, and again, privilege. Totally, totally. I totally get that. We, you know, and, and there, are, there are sacrifices that I made in order to be able to do this. But now I have a math tutor coming just twice a week. She's young, you know, fresh out of grad school. And that's been helpful because math is not my forte. Can everyone hire a math tutor? No. Do I recognize that this is something that I can do? Yes. And I'm very grateful for it. Um, But still, like, they miss their friends and all the other things that go along with being in middle school and elementary school. So anyway, I didn't mean to tangent into school stuff on your uh, self-care check-in, but I was just thinking about Rage Against the Machine. (laughs) But I mean, even hearing you talk about that makes me feel like, oh, maybe I should do this, you know, like, I don't know. You know, what's funny, I was talking to a friend the other day about how bad our eighth grade experiences were. Mm -hmm. And was that true for you? Was like eighth grade, like a terrible year? Okay, so the one one of the reasons why I'm totally okay with Rem not being in middle school mm-hmm. this year is because middle school was so terrible for me. Yeah. And and every girl that went to eighth grade with me, if you are listening to this now, I want to remind you that on my 13th birthday, you took my birthday cake and you smashed it into my face. Ooh. I want to remind you of that. I want to remind you of that. You owe me an apology and wow. a cake. Yeah. I think oh one of them's gosh. the director of a school now, so maybe she's like really turn like really come around, you know. <laughs> she's like, Oh, I shouldn't have bullied that kid. But oh yeah, my thirteenth birthday, a very like I remember it crystal clear, a very monumentous day in uh, a young girl's life. I turned thirteen, I brought a cake into school and all the girls in the class smashed it in my face. That's horrible. Yeah. So there's part of me that's like, you know what? You don't need to go to middle school this year. (laughs) No, it's so funny. I was talking to a friend about it. And I remember thinking before I had kids that I would homeschool all of my children for eighth grade just so they didn't have to go. (laughs) And now I have two. Eighth grade is the worst. And I have two in eighth grade. You know, my my twins um, who incidentally turned 14 today. Um, they're both in eighth grade. And so there's a part of me that's like, ah, oh, you know, maybe I should pull them and, you know, take this time to really teach them the things that I think are important for life, you know? I mean, obviously, still looking at literature and math and science, but, you know, like, 
if I had all that time, like there's so many other things that I would love to be teaching them right now. Yeah. And I like I have the I I am teaching them history, but I'm not teaching them the whitewashed version of exactly. it. Exactly. Which is really which is really kind of thrilling for me. Oh my gosh, exactly. Or if someone has an interest, you know, and I you know, and maybe I'm being a little crunchy about it, but my youngest was, you know, said, you know, I know I have to do X, Y, and Z today, but can I just spend an hour playing on the piano first? Mm. Yeah, you definitely can. Totally. Go nuts, kid. Um, so that has been that has been great, but I also recognize that I'm projecting my middle school experience on my daughter. <laughs> so. Yeah, but I think it's still pretty bad. Like- it was it was a yellow cake. I would like a yellow cake, oh, please. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I hope if the, any of them are listening, they feel bad and they buy you a cake. Yeah. I mean, like, at the very least. Yeah. If not, I'll take, like, I don't know what, like a Starbucks gift gift card. That's fine, too. <laughs> it's fine, too. I think you're owed a really fancy yellow cake, like mm. a high-end. What's your favorite cake flavor? Yellow cake with chocolate, chocolate frosting. There's, oh. like, elite. Elite. Okay. So. I don't like that combo. But it's okay. a popular one. It's a popular combo. What? What's your favorite cake? You're gonna say something gross like carrot cake. I actually really do like carrot cake. <laughs> I'm not. A, I don't love cake. I don't love cake. Oh. Um. But if I do, like, I think I'm more about the texture than the flavor. Like, I like a dense cake. Mm. Well, tres leches would maybe be my Ooh. favorite cake. I don't know. If do that you counts. like like a, like a flourless cake? Like, it's, oh, like yeah. it's almost like a fudge. Mm-hmm. No, I like I like mm-hmm. a fluffy. I like a fluffy yeah, cake. I do not. Mm. All right. So you had LASIK last week. How did that go? Um, You know, so LASIK, I would do LASIK again. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. I did not have the, oh, it just hurts for four hours. And then you have beautiful eyesight. Mm -hmm. Like, I did not have that experience, which is okay. Uh, I had to sleep off the pain Thursday and Friday. My eyes were just closed. And then... Uh, things were still blurry, and then every time I looked at artificial light, all I could see are rainbows. Oh, that's which scary. Is pretty, it's like, well, it's it's trippy, right? Like, it's yeah. like all these prisms. It's like a real queer eye situation, you know? Um, <laughs> but the rainbows have gone away, and, you know, I'm still, like, doing drops, and, and I've been wearing these plastic shields to bed. But I feel good about it, except I will tell you this, and just... P- Pause, like, do the skip 15 seconds if you get squeamish. Do not listen to this next part. But I'm lying there, like, in the la- – they're doing the laser, and I, I was like, I can smell my cornea roasting right now. Yeah. Like, you can smell the oh, burning yeah. flesh. I'm sure. I just feel like eye surgery, surgery on your eye, mm. that where you can see everything coming at you is one that you'd want to be asleep for. Like, why don't they put you out? Y- yes, I wish they did. And to be fair, when they put – like, so they put pressure on your eyeball and you, you lose vision <laughs> for a bit. But you can still – like, and I get that they're trying to just make it seem like it's, you know, uh, normal, like a normal day. But mm-hmm. listening to you guys talk about sports <sighs> while my, my vision is gone and then, you mm-hmm. know, it's like stare at the green light. And, yeah. But they, you know, gave me a Valium and a squeezy toy. And so <laughs> that's what got me through it. It's very short. It's a very short procedure. Yeah, right. But, you know, you've got the bonnet and the mask and the booties on your feet and you're in a in, – Yeah, know, it's still yeah. surgery. I feel like – I don't know if my anxiety would be able to handle that. I feel like I – the scream inside my heart might come out of my body. Well, I will <laughs> say – here's the thing, though. I can see far away without glasses or contacts, which is huge because – 
I have not been able to do that since I was 11. So that's been really exciting where, yeah, I wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't have to find my glasses, put my contacts in, do the, do the thing. So yeah, I am. I mean, yeah, I'll see, I'll see how the next days come. Yeah. That's exciting. All right. What do you have for two thumbs up today? Ooh, two thumbs up. Okay. So I have, um, I know, so one of the cool things that I get to do is replace all of my eye makeup, which whether or not you like shopping for makeup or not, that might be a good thing or a bad thing. But <laughs> it felt like a new, they're like, you shouldn't have the makeup you use before touching your eyes. I'm like, okay, fine. So um, there is, there are two really popular concealers out there that are cult classics. There's yes. the, uh, the NARS Radiant Concealer, yes. which I like. And also um, Tarte Shape Tape, which is a big, a big I, deal. In my mind, I was like, she's going to say, she's going to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. for, and it, they're, both, they're both expensive. Yes. Now, let me put you on to $6 e.l.f. Hydrating Concealer. Okay. I feel like it is an exact dupe for Shape Tape. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a little on the thick side, so you need to... You know, like it depends on what kind of coverage you like. It's yeah. thicker than it's thicker than NARS. It's got the doe foot for easy uh, mm-hmm. application. I feel like it doesn't crease. I feel like it's just as good, and it's six dollars. So, ooh, I'm gonna try that. I am so going to try t- that for like, so in NARS Radiant. I am the shade Custard, and so for an Elf, I mm-hmm. am the shade uh, Light Sand. So. <laughs> Now, let me ask uh, you this, helps. and I don't know if this is a big concern of yours or not, but like, mm. I think, I want to say Tarte is a clean beauty brand, isn't it? The one that does shape tape? I drink protein shakes that probably don't have any food in them at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. And if you put something in a little bottle that said, hey, this is made out of nothing natural, but it'll give you glowy skin, I will pay you money for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I go back and forth, but I do feel like on my eyes, especially because I wear eyeliner every day, powder, I, I put powder into that little part of my eye, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like under your, mm-hmm. what is that thing called? The thing the right corn, under the your corner? eye. Yeah, the you lash know, line? like the lash, lash line? line. Thank you. The yeah. lash line. And there's a part of me that's like, I'm practically putting this inside my body, right? Like it's like mm. in the mucous membrane. It's being absorbed. And then, you know, by the end of the day, you have like half the powder you had before, but it's not all under your eyes. So you're like, I think that this just got absorbed into my eye. Well, do you also, do you line your waterline? That's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. The, that's yeah, the, the waterline. Water so it's yes. it's the, the part that's above the lashes. Yes. I fully jab powder into that every single morning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the one where I'm like, I feel like I might need like a green brand for this. That's fair. Okay, That's let, me, fair. I, let me ask you this about the e.l.f. Is, do yes. you, I know the title says moisturizing. Do you feel like it's actually moisturizing? Well, I prep my skin really well yeah. uh, in general because I've, you know, I've said this before that I really like, I like my, sk- like there's a line between dewy and greasy and I go for greasy every yeah. time. You're, you're, um, you're on the so, wrong side of that line. <laughs> yeah. So I do... Like I do moisturizer and then I do like a really moisturizing, glowy sunscreen mm-hmm. and then I do a serum on top of it. Mm-hmm. So everything – so I don't let myself dry out because everything right. is just – and I honestly – I don't use too much. Um, 
Because there are some people that do that entire... Have you seen the concealer application where it goes from the corner of your eye all the way down to your nostril, then a oh, triangle yeah. up to... I don't yeah. do any of that. No, I, do I don't either. little baby dots, and then yeah. I just you know, apply them with a ring finger. And then I do like a little bit around my nose if I've got some redness. Um, so I don't, I'm not like a huge concealer uh, applicator, applicant. App, I, I don't do a lot of it. Um, so I don't find that it dries me out. Got it. Yeah, I don't wear um, concealer every day because it does dry me out. And I'm mm -hmm. on the hunt. Maybe a reader knows the answer to this one. I am on a hunt for a concealer that's also like a legit moisturizer. That's like both. A moist, like a moisturizing concealer? You know, like an under eye cream. Like it's an under eye cream with a little pigmentation. Okay, but here's so there's tinted moisturizer, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, but I feel like the purpose of moisturizer is to really get into your skin. So, tinted, like, I feel like that would be a very sheer concealer. It would, but I don't need a ton of concealer. Got I, I it. don't have, I have bags, which you, you know, there's no concealer in the world that's going to cover like the 3D bags, but I don't, I'm not dark under my eyes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've got that, I've got that allergy kid dark circles, mm -hmm. go, you know, going that I've had since mm -hmm. I was young. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah, really so have I've, that. So I could get be, away with sheer. Ooh, yeah. I'd be curious. Yeah. Um, and then my other two thumbs up is not uh, makeup related, but it is a series that my kids are really liking. Mm -hmm. And it is based on, Disney stories, but it's the twisted version of them. Oh. So uh, the one that one of my daughters is reading right now is A Whole New World, A Twisted Tale. Fun. And they have – it's like this – and it's it's kind of spooky for Halloween, but mm -hmm. it's kind of like this other – the other side of the story or – what if uh, Bell's what like sorry I'm I'm clicking if you hear any clicking, but um, what if Bell's mother cursed the beast? Like what if that mm. was the story? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I generally like these twists on tales. Yeah. Um, my middle daughter was Cinderella in the play. Cinderella is so annoying. <laughs> and I it was all it. about how the stepmother and the stepsisters weren't the bad guys. Mm -hmm, it's just Cinderella mm -hmm. was absolutely insufferable. The worst, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. So I like – those are my two thumbs up for the week. How about you? That's fun. I like that. That reminds me of – did you ever read the novel Wicked back in the day? Like yes. before it was – Yeah. That was kind of a retelling, although that was a rather mature novel, if you recall. Yeah, these are these are these are much lighter. Yeah, yeah, these are for kids, and they're 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 fun. And I like. Here's why I like this too, because I like to tell my girls that no one is wholly good or wholly bad. Yes, good people are going to make mistakes. Bad people have good qualities about yes. them. I feel like I say this a lot, and I don't know if it's true, but like, didn't Hitler have kittens? Like he wasn't. Right. Right. He was a he no one is 100% bad all the time. Totally. Which is why it's maybe it's we can be manipulated, which is why we have to walk, watch out for tricky people and then it gets into a conversation about, you know, like uh you know, personal space and that sort of thing. So yes. I kind of I like that these stories um share that because then we can talk about empathy totally. and the other side and giving someone the benefit of the doubt and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. I mean, I even feel like Watching Hamilton with my kids brought a lot of that up, you know, because he was so flawed and he cheated on his wife. And, you know, it's like he was this great hero, but he was also kind of a shitty husband. And then also, I mean, 
Aaron Burr, like, yes, was he like he, he wasn't all he bad. regretted it. Yeah, was he and he wasn't all bad. And you know what? Maybe Hamilton was a dick to him. You know, yeah. and, like these are all things that. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with you there. But then again, also. All of them were slave owners. So <laughs> you just go through the... <laughs> <laughs> totally. Which, yes, yeah, maybe another reason to homeschool, <laughs> to keep reminding <laughs> our kids. My son had to do a report once on uh, some slave owner, and I was like, we're putting it in the report. <laughs> like, How could you not? Yeah. There was this uh, – I was reading some article, and it was this woman who used to give tours on Monticello as, like, a summer internship. And some woman asked, um, were the slaves – were the slaves so grateful? Like, were they treated very nicely oh here? Oh, my gosh. And it was just – do you understand the Hello. concept of slavery? Right. Um, anyway, yes. So, Yeah. Yeah, lots of lots of uh, retelling, some truth telling, and some mm-hmm. uh, made up. So, okay, one of my two thumbs up today is I know you're a tea drinker too, right? Is tea? Oh, your, yes, yes. Your, that's your primary. Is that your no, coffee my primary or your coffee? Co- oh, your coffee I'm too. I'm coffee now, but after a certain hour, I go to tea. Okay, I'm tea all day, all the time, and so uh, my thing is like I'll make a cup of tea in the morning, but then I want more. Like I, you know, mm-hmm. I always finish the cup, and then I'm like, oh, I wish I had a bigger cup. So I got this new tea glass, and I, I don't know how to explain it. I really like it because it's big and giant, like the shape of a glass. It's made by Fresco, but it's double walled so that your your hands don't get hot. And then the very top of it has a little – because I like loose leaf tea. So the very Mm -hmm. top of it has a little insert, like that silver um, strainer insert. Oh, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. So you put your tea right there at the top. You pour your hot water over it. And then it's just this big, giant cup that, you know, probably yields like double what a mug would give you. Mm -hmm. And I like the way it looks. Like it's really pretty and really simple and clean looking. Um, and then what I also love about it is it has a it's glass, but it has a bamboo top, so you can take it with you and drink and drink on the go. But you're drinking like out of an actual cup, yes, instead I'm of actually, out of the like weird mouth thing that I don't like. I was going to ask you if it was the glass one or one of like one of the metal ones, and that's why for the longest time, and I still do it, and I'm not proud of it. But I don't use a travel mug; I just take my mug. Yes. And I get in my, you know, and I just stick it. It's just like splashing around. It like, like I call the middle portion <laughs> the console turns into a cauldron. If totally. I it up because I've got coffee splashing because I want to drink. I don't want to drink out of a little plastic hole. I know. I feel the same way, which is why I like this because I can take it with me. Like I can put the lid on and like throw it in my purse. Right. And then pull it out wherever I land and it's still perfect. And I'm drinking out of it like instead of, yeah, the little the little hole. I don't like that. Mm. Um, and, then, taste. and then, my, I know, my other um, two thumbs up is, okay, you know, I love subscription boxes. Yes. So I, I can't remember if I've talked about this one or not before, but there's a sub- subscription box called TheraBox, and it's a self-care subscription box. Ooh. Yeah, and it's really nice. Um, so, like, it'll have, like, a journal or candles, sleep mask, wellness drops, uh some kind of it often has like some kind of a face cream or something. Um, so I just I like it because it's very, 
you know, it's very self-care driven, but it's also a really nice gift to give to someone else because I think it comes four times a year. So if you gift it, like it kind of, it's like a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, it's really, it's really pretty too. It seems like it's very, it's very thoughtful. Like it's not just the same thing each month. Yeah. And I like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the Fit Fab Fun. I, you know, I, I love all the boxes, but this one does feel a little more thoughtful, a little more intentional, a little more focused on actual self-care. Have you gotten anything in a box where you're like, oh, I like this so much. I'm going to get this on its own too. Oh, I have. In fact, in my mo- most recent Fit Fab Fun box, I got a Murad vitamin C cleanser that I'm for sure going to buy. Oh, that's funny. I was just looking at the Murad vitamin C peel mm. to uh, use daily under my sunscreen. So I, I'm and I'm glad to know that you like the Murad. That That is a, a good recommendation in my mind. What about but- you? Have you gotten something from a subscription box that you bought again? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know what? I definitely have gotten um uh, so one of my daughters has um milk allergies, so she mm-hmm. can't have dairy. And I had this like funky, I don't know, like interesting snack box. And usually when these boxes come in, like it's kind of a bummer because of their allergies. I can't have any of it. So I just gift it. I just get it out of the house. Mm-hmm. But um have you heard of Cocomels? They're like they're caramels. They're I caramel have. candy. Yes. Which I really, really like good. caramel candy. Yeah. But it's made with coconut milk. I love and- those actually. <laughs> And I thought I wouldn't get into them because I really like the original caramel, mm-hmm. but I like them and it's a, such a nice treat for my daughter who just doesn't have a caramel option ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head, but but it was really it like it was really sweet to get that and mm-hmm. have it around and um, and then rebuy like because I ended up getting it online or at Whole Foods or something like that. Totally. So when I was a teen learning to shave my legs, my mom did not do me any favors by buying me really cheap disposable razors. If you grew up in as a teen in the 90s, you know the ones and they left nicks and cuts all over me when I was trying to shave. So with two girls learning how to shave their legs right now, I am committed to making sure that they have good quality razors. Guys, I was probably well into my 30s before I realized the difference a quality razor makes. Today's sponsor is Athena Club. They have great razor kits that we have been using in our house for a couple months. The razor blades are awesome. They are surrounded by this water-activated serum that has shea butter and hyaluronic acid, so you get a silky smooth shave that actually leaves your skin soft and hydrated as opposed to stripped dry. And their blades are spaced out to let hair and shave cream pass through easily so you don't have to make a ton of passes going over and over the skin to remove the hair. Fewer passes means less irritation to your skin, which cuts down on razor burn and ingrown hairs. The razor kit is only $9 with free shipping and it comes with two blade cartridges, a cute little magnetic hook for your shower storage, and your choice of a handle color. I personally chose the coral. But what I really like about it is they have a ton of different colors, black, white, pastel neon. So if you have a big family like mine, everyone can have the razor in their own color so you don't get them confused. What I also love about Athena Club, you guys know I love automating things. You never have to worry about dull blades because they send refills on your schedule. You just choose how often you want them and they will send them automatically with free shipping. I would also highly recommend their Cloud Shave Foam too. It's insanely thick and stays on while you shave so you don't have to reapply. It leaves your skin feeling very moisturized. It's 
really, really good. If you want to try a great quality razor that cuts down on the wastefulness of disposable razors, try Athena Club Razor Kit. You can get 20% off your first order at athenaclub.com with the promo code SELFIE. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with the promo code SELFIE for 20% off. We've talked a lot about skincare on this show and specifically tretinoin. If you're not familiar, it's a retinoid, which is an active vitamin A derivative that's used to improve the texture, tone, and appearance of the skin. Today's sponsor, Dear Brightly, has a product called Night Shift, and tretinoin is the active ingredient in Night Shift. This is the only FDA-approved retinoid for treating photoaging, which is premature skin aging due to long-term sun exposure. Tretinoin stimulates collagen production to prevent and treat signs of premature skin aging from years of sun damage, things like fine lines and wrinkles, dark spots, uneven skin tone, and big pores. Tretinoin can only be acquired through a prescription, but it's 20 times more potent than the -the over-the-counter retinol products. It's one of the most well-researched ingredients with over 50 years of research behind it for both acne and photoaging. I had a chance to try Night Shift, and I'm really liking it. I have the unfortunate experience of having both breakouts and wrinkles at the same time, and it's great for both. I have seen my fine lines decreasing. I've seen my skin tone looking better, and it feels really nice. If you've used an over-the-counter retinol before, you know it's really great, but a dermatology-grade retinoid is even better. Night Shift is their dermatologist-formulated serum that's tailored to your skin by doctors online. Dear Brightly works by you first of all starting by sharing your skin story with them, then a doctor evaluates your skin and your skin history. They then tailor your formula and write a prescription, if applicable, and your tailored serum will be delivered to you in the mail. It's super simple and easy. Head to www.dearbrightly.com and enter the promo code SELFIE to get 15% off your first order, which is their very best offer anywhere. That's S-E-L-F-I-E to get 15% off your first order at dearbrightly.com. All right, Rue, are you ready to talk about the president having COVID? <laughs> yeah, I am. And if you want to bow now, you are you are welcome to. And uh, we can we can catch you next week or on Facebook. Yes. Okay, so I feel like this is one of those things where we are all going to remember where we were when we found out that the president had COVID. So where were you? Did you find out that night? Did you find it on the morning? <laughs> okay. okay, 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 okay. This, so I am, you know, very much on the internet, but I had LASIK. So my <gasps> eyeballs right. were shut and they had to stay shut. And then I, when I'd wake up, I'd like put drops in them, but I slept for like 12 hours on Friday. Oh, wow. And so every time I looked at a screen, it was blurry. Uh-huh. And I looked at my screen <laughs> long enough to go, you know, you know, profanity redacted, Trump has COVID. Yeah. And then I had to close my eyes. I like I wasted my screen time. <laughs> That's what I spent my screen time on. And then I was like, who else? And how bad? Yeah. And how did he get it? And how about Joe Biden? And you know, and uh, so I was I was in bed uh, with eye drops running down my face, staring at my phone. How about you? Well, I was awake, of course, because I'm always mm-hmm. awake late. And so yeah, I just found out on Twitter. And then I was like, oh, my gosh. And yeah, I, of course, like immediately told my boyfriend and I'm like, I cannot believe this. And but then again, you can like it it is so completely believable because I mean, you know, I saw someone joke on Twitter that it's like if you walk out into a rainstorm, like you're going to get wet and then you can't be surprised. 
Right. And he has been incredibly irresponsible with mask wearing and social distancing and all of that. So, I mean, so we've talked about the where and when. How did you feel when, you know, what what were your initial thoughts? (laughs) For legal reasons, I will not answer this question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I I hate to – look – I do not wish bad things no. upon anyone. No. But just like there's a tweet for everything, this man just made fun of Joe Biden days prior for right. wearing a mask. This man has been, in my mind, complicit yes. in the deaths of 200,000 Americans by calling it like... And you know what? Now he's out of the hospital and he had to tweet, oh, don't be afraid of it. Or I should find the exact tweet. Oh, I know. But it's just, Don't live in fear. Yeah. Don't live in fear. I mean, that's great. Of course you can say that to all the people who are now six feet under. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. goodness. What was your, how did you feel? Well, you know, I I think my first, my, I mean, I'm just going to be very honest. Like my very first reaction was some schadenfreude, you know, was like, he deserves it. Like he had it coming, you know, that's what he gets. Um, justice has been served. Um, you know, I had a little of that, but then it's like the more I think about it, it's really, I think what's underneath for me is anger. And I think it's anger that, that he has fallen victim to his own lack of concern. And like you, I do believe that he's complicit um, for as many deaths as we've had in the U.S. And -hmm. I want to talk about why I think that for one sec, just because I know there may be listeners who say, well, how do you say that? You know, he's done everything he can. And in my opinion, you know, even coming to this as a parent, I feel like when you're a parent, you have a certain responsibility to model things for your mm-hmm, children, mm-hmm. right? And I'm going to give an example of this. So I have a CBD vape pen, and it's only CBD. Nothing comes out of it. There's no nicotine. There's no weed. It's just CBD, right? So mm-hmm. this is a vape pen that is, you know, very benign. I don't smoke that vape pen in front of my children. Now, why don't I do that? Because I need to model the behaviors that I'm expecting from them, right? And like, I I feel like with the president of the United States, even if he was being tested every day, even if, you know, he has access to the best medical care, this whole time he should have been modeling to us, wearing a mask, keeping social distance, being responsible. And he hasn't. He Mm -hmm. has modeled complete recklessness. And then the result is that so many people who follow him and and look to him and trust him have also been reckless. And well, you, go ahead. Well, yeah, you think about these people that hang on his every yeah. word and his every tweet and his every action. And then anyone who wears a mask is, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a Anyone we know the word that he, yeah. we know the word that yeah. he's implying. He's right. implying that if you wear a mask, you know you're emasculated. You're right. You're weak. Uh, he has definitely implied paranoid. that. Sure. Yeah. So I don't know how to pronounce her name, only because I don't care to learn it. Tommy Loren. Yes. So today she uh, there was like Joe Biden tweeted, you know, wear a mask. So, you know, like a, a gif of him wearing a mask because he's modeling yeah. proper, responsible behavior. And so she tweeted something like, oh, are you going to start carrying a purse with that mask? 
And this idea, this idea that caring for your community or, you know, mitigating the spread of a disease emasculates you in some way. I mean, there is so much to unpack with that tweet, like including self-hatred and her, you know, calling herself out as being a real pick me girl, you know, Mm. Um, pick me. I'm not like the other girls. Totally. Um, And I just, it just, it kind of blows my mind. And so now, now, you know, he's back in the White House. Mm-hmm. He who has access to the best medical care mm-hmm. and all of the, oh, you have a slight little baby fever. And I'm not saying that's the case, but how many people weren't allowed in the hospital unless they were close to dying? How many people had to wait and just languish and suffer yeah. with all of their symptoms? But here is the president going into Walter Reed, you know, getting just so many steroids injected into him so he can project this, you know, this uh, idea that he's he's safe, things are fine, it's okay, don't get paranoid about this. Not everyone has the same access no. to care that the president does. So for him to do that and then walk into the White House and rip off his mask Ugh. is just so unbelievably irresponsible that i will argue this point to anyone who wants to fight me on it it mm-hmm. is just irres- who does it hurt for him to put on a mask no one who does it hurt for to, to, for him to tell the american people hey everyone i know this is a hard time let's all wear a mask and stay six feet apart instead he's had i mean they're all cheek kissing in the rose garden are you I kidding know. me I know. And I mean, just to to see the footage of that of that party coming out um, in the midst of a pandemic when, you know, my kids are going to school online, we can't have proper birthday parties, you know, the sacrifices, you know, we have a senior in the house who missed her prom and is now going to college online. And just to see that flagrant disregard. Women and, who have to give birth alone in the hospital. Yeah. People who are dying by themselves because no one yes. can be at their bedside. Yes. And but, we see- got, but we have to have a party in the Rose Garden. And even, you know, the fact that that party was publicized, it was, they had press there. I mean, it was thrown in our faces and it's, it's just so infuriating. I mean, I, and I, I feel like every single day, I mean, to talk about how this affects self-care, you know, my justice lobe is just misfiring all over the place because I just feel like, what are these people doing? And it's not just Trump, you know, I mean, it's his court appointee brought her children to a party where no one was wearing masks in the middle of a pandemic. Like, I know. What are these people doing? <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, I think it is, I, first of all, of course, it's irresponsible. And then to have this party. And then, but not only that, think about the people, like, they all willingly went to the Rose Garden, minors, inclu- minors not included, right? Like, yeah. Claudia Conway has COVID now. Yeah. So, um, they all went there, and they're risking their own lives. Mm-hmm. But what about the staff members at the debate that were there, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, they're just staff. They're not part of Biden's camp or Trump's camp. And now they also have COVID. Yeah. And he's touching every damn handle he can get his hands on. And the video of all of them just, like, hugging and mouth-breathing on each other, mm-hmm. it's – they might as well have played spin the bottle. You know what I mean? Like, there was no thought whatsoever. 
And they're just, by doing so, they're normalizing for the rest of the world this fallacy that we can ignore the pandemic. You know, they're modeling that. And so all of their constituents, all of their, you know, the people in their party who are looking to them because they are leaders are seeing this and going, well, I can have a party. I don't need to be scared. And we should be, we should have a healthy fear of COVID. We shouldn't all be, you know, losing sleep or, you know, but it's like, we should have a healthy fear, a normal fear, which is, hey, I should wear a mask. I should not have parties. I, you know, um, I should do what I can. And just the way that they're ignoring that healthy fear and normalizing irresponsible behavior is just, to me, it's just unforgivable. Well, and I, you know, let's talk about Chris Christie for a second. So yeah. back in May, he goes, well, some, he, he kind of, I mean, he doesn't say it like he's celebrating it, but he's like, look, some Americans are just going to have to die. Like, that's just what's going to happen. Some Americans are going to die. And now he's got this COVID diagnosis mm-hmm. and he has mild symptoms. He tweets that he has mild symptoms, but checking into hospital as a precautionary measure. That is something that is not afforded to no. anyone, you know, in the country. Do you remember back in, in March, I had to, you know, I was in, I had just been traveling. I was in New York City. I had been around a ton of people mm-hmm. and I had to like beg, borrow and steal to mm-hmm. get a COVID test and then not get results for, you know, yeah. 15 days. And Chris Christie, you know, you've got a, a positive COVID test and a cough, and because of your status, mm-hmm. you get to you get you know uh, five star treatment. That you know, I I I I feel like Republicans are making fools of your average citizen they who are. goes, oh, mm-hmm. Chris Christie's doing this, it's fine. Donald totally. Trump's doing this, it's fine. Yeah. But there, but your average guy out in Missouri or wherever. Yeah is not going to get that same kind of treatment should he get COVID, God forbid. No, of course not. I mean, one of the treatments that Trump got at Walter Reed is not even FDA cleared yet. And then – and here's the here's the tough part. He's the president. I do think the president should be afforded every treatment option. I do get it. Like, he, he should get VIP medicine. Mm-hmm. But then he should acknowledge that he got VIP medicine. He should yes. – I mean, the part that I just am so appalled at – is that he would then immediately claim defeat over COVID and tell everybody, don't worry, the medicines are great. I mean, it's, it's the epitome of let them eat cake. Because yes. those medicines are not available to most of us, period. But they're definitely not available to us unless our lips are turning blue and our pulse ox is so low that we have to be admitted to a hospital. Right. Versus just deciding like, eh, I don't feel great. I'm going to helicopter in and, you know, stay here till I feel fine. That's just not reality. And so for him to act as though his reality were available to everyone and then to tell everybody just – I mean, I, I feel like basically what he said was just like, go about your lives. And people are going to do that based on his based on his suggestion and they're going to die. Or No big deal. As long as you're strong as I am, you'll well, definitely right. – I mean, that's definitely there. Know, his narcissism and- is on full display. And so, you know, tomorrow or when is it? This week we're having the um, vice president debate, right? Yeah. So, uh, Pence presumably, Harris, it's supposed to yeah, be tonight. Yeah. In, in theory. Yeah. So, uh, Kamala Harris requested, you know, like they said, we would like to have like a plexiglass barrier, which seems like the most innocuous request. Anytime totally. you go anywhere right now, there's a plexiglass barrier. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and so a Pence spokesperson says, if Senator Harris wants to use a fortress around herself, have at it. Just the most condescending, the most condescending statement. Of course, it's Katie Miller, who, by the way, married Stephen Miller. So, you know, right. um, and it just it just the idea that wanting to protect people somehow makes you weak, the P word, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh Boggles my mind. So there was, you know, there's video of uh, a presser and uh, a reporter's asking Trump something and he's wearing a mask. And Trump goes, I can't hear you. Can you pull down your mask? Yeah. He goes, he goes, oh, I'll just speak louder. He goes, oh, because you want to be politically correct. Like, it's just this kind of, you know, just denigrating anyone who has common sense. Well, it's denigrating. And then the part that that feels so crazy making for me you know, coming from a psych background is it's gaslighting. I mean, he yes. is gaslighting the country about the seriousness of COVID. And even in his, and there was a part of me that, you know, I was angry that he got COVID. And then there was a part of me that thought, maybe this will give him more empathy. Maybe he'll come out of this and it'll be tough and he'll come out of it. And he'll say, kind of like Boris in, um, you know, the leader of the prime minister of- right. Uh, the UK, UK did like mm-hmm. he he caught it he came out of it and he was like this is tough and he had way more empathy and if anything all this has done is the opposite which is him doubling down yeah doubling yes. down I, on like, I am I am I am distraught that he got COVID because he has made things only worse I know and then just continues to gaslight our country. And it's just, it's frustrating. It's its frustrating to live in a place where it feels like every day. And I know, you know, my whole life, it's like I've known, you know, politicians are going to politic, you know, they're going to manipulate, they're going to, but this is absolutely a new level where facts and data and truth just don't seem to matter to the president. And then don't seem to matter to a lot of his supporters either. It's baffling. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got into it. I got into it on Facebook about this too, where it's, well, you know, this accusation that you've been blinded by the hypocritical media. Okay, I understand that there is a lot of media that is biased. But how about when we have video of the actual words coming out of right. his actual mouth? How right. do you spin that? How do you right. spin that? And so it's like, okay. I'm going to talk about Ben Shapiro for a second. Um, I am not a fan of Ben Shapiro. If you are, that's fine. There are people in my life that I love that are big fans of Ben Shapiro. I am not. So Ben Shapiro, you know, his and this is what kills me about, you know, people who, who speak online that have a big following because people read the first tweet and they don't read the second. Yes. So the first tweet is, Oh my gosh, like he's standing there on a balcony of court alone. Of course he can take his mask off. You guys are being ridiculous. And then the next picture, someone's like, did you see like the zoomed out picture? There are people all around him. And he walked in and he goes, oh, well, if they weren't wearing PPE, then yes, I agree that was responsible. It just came to my attention. Hey, Ben Shapiro, nobody saw your second tweet. Mm -hmm. Nobody saw that one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's just when you have these talking heads that are being irresponsible with the information that they're sharing, it makes matters worse. Mm-hmm. I, I know I, I recognize that I sound really ranty right now, um, <laughs> but I am I am upset and we are, you know, a mere, we're less than a month away mm-hmm. from the election and I am, I am, I am nervous. I am nervous about it. I'm nervous about it too. I'm nervous about it too. And I, I feel 
I feel angry at our leadership, but I feel sad that there are so many people that just continue to watch what I think is just really a, a person who's really lacking in integrity and and they're still doing the mental gymnastics to support him. You know, and let me say this to you. I'm just I'm going to I'm really ranting now. But as a Christian, I want to say something about the continued support of Trump by evangelicals. Mm. Mm. It is not pro-life mm. when you discourage people from wearing masks in a pandemic that kills people. It is not pro-life when you are a potential, you know, Supreme Court nominee and the party that's held in your honor infects numerous people with the disease that might kill them. I mean, these are a lot of seniors that right. got infected. Greg Laurie, Chris Christie, Kellyanne Conway, like these are these are not young people. Um it is not pro-life to put kids in cages. It, you know, there are so many aspects and I think Christians have been so we have been so um just programmed mm. that abortion is like all you have to care about but it's like we really need to take that pro-life lens a lot bigger and there's just so many parts of of this that are not pro-life it just it's not making sense anymore to vote I, on that I, i'd like to talk about this for a second too mainly because you and i have very similar backgrounds in the way that we grew up and we were raised and the churches that we are a part of mm -hmm. and so you and i were very much taught I think right to to vote red because oh, yeah. Repu Republicans it's the pro life party yeah and I was taught to be a one issue voter because there could be nothing more important than the lives of babies right and this is what I want to say to my 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 friends who are pro life and evangelical and I am saying this with love in my heart if you are voting for Donald Trump because you think he is going to nominate a bunch of Supreme Court justice justices that are going to overturn Roe v. Wade, that is not what's going to happen. No. It's not what's going to happen. And I will also say this. If you want, if the goal is truly to reduce abortions, then you need to be in support of sex education, mm -hmm. not abstinence-only education, mm -hmm. um, availability of birth control. Absolutely. Um, care Health for a mother mm -hmm. after she gives birth. Healthcare, yes. you know, IUDs. Um, if we're only caring about, like, the, like, like, it's true. If you're only caring about what happens in the nine months that a baby is gestating and you don't care about what happens to that baby after – you're not pro-life. You're pro-birth. Mm -hmm. If you support the the death penalty, you're not pro-life. You know, yeah. there are all these things. If you if you are okay with turning a blind eye to, to, to kids in cages, if you are okay with turning a blind eye to hundreds of thousands of people that are needlessly being infected and, and dying, you are not pro-life. And I'm not saying that to condemn your beliefs. If you truly believe that abortion is not okay, then you still have to understand that Democrats do abortion prevention way better than Republicans. And Democrats do single parent support way better. And, you know, yeah. the list goes on. Well, and that's why we see abortion rates dropping when we have Democratic presidents, because we're offering more support. You know, we're offering more, I mean, access to birth control, like, that's how we reduce abortions. That's the number one way. 
Mm-hmm. And I think we, you know, and that's the part too, I, I wish people understood. Everybody wants to reduce abortion. And I know, I mean, you know, Biden's had an interesting journey on this too, because he was pro-life for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's still, you know, probably personally pro-life, which I would even say that I am as well. But I don't believe that it should be legislated. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm pro-life for myself and I'm pro-choice for everyone else. You know, they they get to choose where they stand on that issue. Um and there's a lot of nuance in that too. Mm-hmm. But um I I strongly believe that Biden wants to reduce abortions. I don't think he wants to see abortions happening at all. Nobody does. I mean, it's it's a horrendous like it's you know it's it's a traumatic experience for many many women. I, I wish that every woman had the birth control they needed to only be pregnant when they wanted to be pregnant. Well, I will say this though, just just to counteract that, there is this movement, this shout your abortion movement too, where it is. I don't want to say it's celebratory, but it wants to remove the stigma mm-hmm. that abortion isn't mm-hmm. bad. And I have not like, and I'm just admitting this, I haven't gotten on that train, you know, uh, because I have not i have seen people in my life who have felt um emotional harm after one right and so i can't i can't i can't you know i'll leave it at that but you know we would would republicans be um supportive of you know, free IUDs to those mm-hmm. who asked for it. Um, you know, how come um, uh, how come men can like get condoms passed out like candy, and it's so hard for women to find good health care? And yeah. you know, we've got people who are protesting outside Planned Parenthood, and at the same time, Planned Parenthood's offering really important health care yeah. to to women who need it, and so. It's such a hard thing because I know, I remember what it's like being in youth group or being a young adult and feeling like the weight of the world was on my shoulders because mm-hmm. whoever I voted for would not would nominate a justice who has a lifetime seat and think of Roe v. Wade and think of Roe v. Wade and think of Roe v. Wade. But I do think, I do think even if there is a majority of Republicans uh, in the Supreme Court, I still don't think Roe v. Wade is going to get overturned. That's that's an opinion that is perhaps incorrect, but I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know, I don't know. It's I, I think this whole topic is difficult, but I would beg of anyone if they've always been a one issue voter, mm-hmm. consider broadening, consider broadening, and and consider whether or not Republicans are taking advantage of that. Yeah, and I just I really I do think that. Trump's behavior, even just this past week, just this week, if you look at his behavior, I just think that this is not a man who cares about the every man that he's representing. I really don't. Mm -mm. No, no, not at all. And, you know, I, I do think he thinks most of his supporters are losers and suckers. You know, I, I do think he doesn't care. I think he when he said he could shoot someone and Park Ave or whatever that quote is mm-hmm. and people would still vote for him, he said that because it's true. I know. And also he's probably a narcissist, you know? Like these yeah. are Yeah. And I just like can you imagine can you imagine 
if Michelle Obama said F Christmas. <laughs> like all yeah. these things. I mean, uh, I could go on and on and I, I, I don't want to for everyone else, everyone's sanity. But um, yeah, it's it's something else. It's something else. It is. How are you, you know, how are you staying sane in all of this? Are you staying sane in all of this? Mm. You know, I think right now, I think that I feel better when I am informed mm-hmm. right now. Before it was, you know, I would I would block websites. But right now, I, I'm digging in a little bit just because we're getting closer to election time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I, – I don't think that necessarily my voice is going to sway someone one way or another. Mm-hmm. But when you – you know, I – I keep company online with people uh, that are, you know, like neocon to super liberal. And I think a lot of times, especially in evangelical circles, there is this shame that comes with even asking a question or raising mm-hmm. a question. So and this is this was my take in 2016. And this was the year that I lost many friends. And the year that we left our church. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if you can show a little bit of bravery, it can inspire others to speak up as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that people have voted one way or another because of my influence, but I think that these discussions are important. Yes, and, I agree. Um, you know, I, I, my first election, oh, well, not my first election, but like I voted for Bush in 2004. So did I. Because, yeah. because damn, that Supreme Court seat. Same. Like, Mm-hmm. You have to vote for Bush in 2004. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, 2004, me would look at 2020 me now and think I'm a complete heretic, you know? <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Okay. Yeah. But I think that 2020 me has a lot more empathy, has a lot more life experience, understands a lot more nuance. Um, and I think 2004 me just was really fundamental and really privileged and really blind to And I was I was a real Josh Harris stan then. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, and and he, my my how he has changed. Oh my gosh. As well. So, okay, really quickly, if you don't know who Joshua Harris is, you know if you grew up evangelical because there was this whole movement back in the 90s, 2000s where you would not date, you would just let God choose your spouse, and you would go through a period of courtship. And that's when a bunch of us got married at like 20, because that's what we were supposed to do. And Joshua Harris wrote this book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And it just went completely like as viral as things went back then. It inspired Bible studies and themed weddings. And Mm -hmm. so uh, last year, Joshua Harris announced his divorce, which just was shocking to every evangelical, right? Mm-hmm. And then just the other week, he <laughs> he posted on Instagram this really funny, like, this really funny interpretation of uh, Cardi B's WAP. <laughs> and it made me laugh so hard because, oh, if 2002 me had seen right. this, right? And someone said, would you want your daughters to, like, listen to the song? And he goes... I would love for my daughters to be confident in who they are <clears throat> and in their sexuality. And I was mm-hmm. like, I I liked Joshua Harris then, and I like Joshua Harris now, <laughs> but they're for very completely different reasons. But I think we've just all been a, on a parallel journey, right? Yeah. I mean, we've all just sort of landed in a softer place. 
and in a in a place of I, I do think I'm more empathy for the and more yeah. understanding for and, everyone around us. And I will say I love that statement that is normalize changing your opinion when yeah. you've been presented with new information. Yes. And I've 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 done that, you know, and I I've been able to do that. And you know what? I'm not gonna make my kid wear a true love weights ring or sign a contract <laughs> or, you know, be a part of a youth group where mm-hmm. you pass around a rose until it's like all mm-hmm. you know, smushed and matted and go, This is essentially your virginity. And you know what I mean? Like these right. are all things that I am not gonna do to I am I'm going to try to protect my children from. Yes. And I'm sure there are other things that they're going to have to I don't know, deal with, but <laughs> But a true love waits ceremony is not going to be one of them. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> How did we devolve to this? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Because there's so much in evangelicalism that that is worth talking about. But I, I will say this. I have been very disappointed in the behavior of a lot of Christian leaders. I mean, there was the the big march on D.C., you know, last week, I think it was, where Michael W. Smith was playing and everyone was standing mm-hmm. around singing. And it's like, listen, I've gone to protests. I've, you know, wear a mask. Like, that's all That's all you have to do. Like, mm-hmm. if you're outdoors and you're going to go march on D.C. and do a you know, prayer walk or what have you, just wear a mask. Yeah. Like, no one's in a mask. Like, yeah. why? Well, why? When, I, when, I, uh, when I protested this summer, yeah. you know, everyone's like, oh, all these people getting together – Numbers didn't go up because we were all like everyone was wearing a mask. Everyone. We were all wearing masks. Yeah, we were all outdoors. You know, and yeah. I just I, I think there's just this just basic basic. Know. You know what it is? <laughs> basic respect of human life. And I know that mm-hmm. seems like a ridiculous thing to say to a party that you know um, lauds themselves as being pro life. Yeah, but that's what this is. I wear a yeah. mask because I respect everyone's humanity. I completely and, agree. I think right now wearing a mask is the most pro-life thing someone can do. Hmm. I, I totally agree. And I, it's just wildly hypocritical to me to see so many Christians just not care. You know, I mean, I watched that video and it's it's so much cognitive dissonance too as a Christian who – and I'm still a Christian and I still love worship music. Um, you know, I was on worship teams, you know, for y- – decades. I I helped lead worship at churches. Mm-hmm. But just to watch a crowd of Christians singing, I know the words to every I know every word to every song they're singing, right? Mm-hmm. But to sing these sacred songs that I love without a mask on and just ignore like it's just there's so much cognitive dissonance. Like what is happening? Yeah. It's so yeah. confusing. Yes. And that's the thing too. It's like I think the reason why we're all so frustrated is because all of this, if we all applied logic, it just feels like there's no application of logic here. No. And an application of logic would just make a lot of this nonsense disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I think after this this episode, I would like to applaud the both of us for keeping our language clean because... <laughs> Have we? I think we yeah. did. 
But could we just do some like selfie after dark episodes? We do we need can... to do some after dark episodes. Yes. Maybe we just won't. Maybe they're just like videos or like we don't have to upload them to the podcast so we don't have to ruin our G rating. Right. Yes. Maybe we'll make them videos. Yes. A selfie after dark. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll tell you where we don't have to be censored is in our Facebook group. So if you guys yes. are listening and you have not yet joined our Facebook group, I must say, it is such a lovely place. I feel like we are able to have these difficult discussions with people from all sides. And, um, you know, hopefully this conversation can continue in there. So yeah, join us I will say too, not. I really appreciate the camaraderie. And there have been people who have said, I hate Facebook and I want to delete Facebook, but I don't want to leave this group. I know. And which feels, I get it. I'm like, well, do we need a Slack? Do we need a I know. What do we need? What do we get? <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's, it's a, a safe haven in yes. the bleep storm that is Facebook. Yes. So come join us. Hey, thank you for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us on Instagram at at selfiepodcast and in the Selfie Podcast community group on Facebook. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so you can catch up with us next week. Take care. Take care.